the Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and Adam, come on, things to do. Don't cheer, you'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them. No stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose. Food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio. Passes over to you. <laughs> You'll know our next guest from your radio, your telly, your favourite podcast, the Tesco ad. And now, once again, from your bookshelf, her latest book, Little Things, is out now. And when it comes to wellness, we still have lots to learn. So we yearn for the return of Fern Cotton. Yeah, good morning, oh, Fern. How are you? <laughs> I love that I'm known for the Tesco ad. Well, you are, no, but you are. I said that last time you came on. But you really are, because it's everywhere. They're very good, by the way. Not I love it, doing them. them. Yeah, how, I, lo- I love how doing them. How many have you done, do you think? I don't know. I do them, like, every week. Nice. Do you yeah. do them from home? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the best job in the world. And, and perfect for a hermit, which you oh, confess to being. There's yes. Kermit the Frog and there's Hermit the Fern. <laughs> Fermit the Hermit. Yeah. yeah. That is me. I love being at home. Yeah. I love being at home. And sometimes you have to consciously punch your way out of your own paper bag to get out there, don't you? I do. And I do realise sometimes that I need to push through like discomfort boundaries and do something different. But I think, you know, all of us sat here now, and there'll be many people listening to this, have very social jobs and we talk a lot to people. And <laughs> Too much. I need to, yeah, be, I need to retreat and be in solitude, which is also quite hard in my house, but at yeah. least I'm home. So, yeah, I need that balance yeah footballers don't play football all day no do they? kids do but footballers yeah. don't there's, there's an irony there out. somewhere i think so little things fern cotton fern is so good at writing books that if you go to foils and you go to the fifth floor to the help and um self-improvement and mindfulness section she has her own section everybody <laughs> and little things is about to add to that so move up whoever is next to you on the bookshelves who would be next to you i uh, don't know cotton Oh, oh, Deepak uh, Chopra. He'd be. Oh, he'd have gosh. to move over. No, he gets a mention, give doesn't Deepak he? Deepak more room. He needs all the shelf space. He's the best. Yeah, you podcasted with him. So, so the book is wonderful. It's a book full of thoughts, uh, little things that could help in a very sort of tiny habits, sort of um, atomic habits kind of kind of way, but a, a softer, gentler uh, offering than those, I would say. Also, there's the A team. You know, there's the A team. There's Hannibal and his mates. You've got the S team. You've got the stress team that you've talked to, haven't you? You've got your mates on board. Yeah. Um, so you've got your actual mates IRL you've got professional mates that have been on the podcast so um, straight off the bat a couple of your friends get a mention um, is it Abby? Abby wonderful Abby yeah, yeah. she's one of my friends and neighbours mm-hmm. and she's got a beautiful family she's got twins and one of her twins has cerebral palsy and of course there are many studies and stats that show that parents of um, children with disabilities have the most sort of prolonged stress and she gives some brilliant coping tools that she uses to deal with the you know, just daily stress of having a very busy family and yeah. hospital appointments and um, and everything that she has to go through. So I was so grateful for the for the interviews in this book. Yeah, and it also gave you this reason not only to to recount podcast conversations that you had and, and transcribe those and print the highlights of those in the book, which are supremely helpful from absolute experts, but to talk to your mates who you've been with for lots much of your life about something that you 
and you're you're a talk you're happy to talk about this kind of yeah, stuff but, but even you, you hadn't don't. broached these particular boundaries no i think you? sometimes you you sort of bypass the obvious with friends don't you and you fran. don't say fran was the other one. Oh yeah fran so fran's one of my oldest friends we've been friends since we were five yeah. and fran is an air steward and obviously when you have a public facing role like that and you're dealing with customers and travelers expectations yeah and you you, you know you end up being the brunt of someone's bad journey yeah. and fran's got some again really good coping tools that she uses to deal with that and to kind of leave work behind her at the end of the day and let things go so yeah each interview is very valuable i have a friend who stores up his stress until he goes on holiday so he can just vent it at the airport to anybody and everyone oh, no. that he comes across <laughs> yeah he literally he sees Don't an airport go on holiday with him <laughs> no i did once it was oh. awful i went wait a minute nothing's going wrong here and it was like i didn't recognize him i thought oh and he's said, this is what he does he stores it up all year he's the nicest guy in the world when he's not in an airport no that's not great i mean by all means i guess it'll store it up and then let it out by like punching a pillow or screaming not a into person, metaphorically you know, the or forest, actually. but not on other people. Uh, you asked straight off the bat, this book, by the way, Little Things, Fern Con is what we're talking about. Uh, straight off the bat, you asked the difference between stress and anxiety. Some people think there is a difference. Some people think there isn't a difference. Um, but your first guest who you Judd talked Brewer, to, Dr. Yeah. Jude... Judd. Sorry, sorry, Dr. Judd yeah, yeah. Uh, says, yes, stress is more in the moment. Anxiety is sort of future based. Yeah. And there's sort of there's not a clear participant with anxiety, whereas there usually is with stress. So we can usually pinpoint a cause with stress and say this is stressing me out. Whereas yeah. with anxiety, it can be quite um, ambiguous and you, you can't quite pinpoint it or you think you can. But actually, it's probably a whole host of reasons yeah. you're feeling anxious. So, so the different chapters cope with different aspects of stress. And then at the end of each little section, there's the little things section because the book is called Little Things, Little Things to Help with Overwhelm. You have this this chapter on this, these sort of section on overwhelm. Not so much chapters, which is good because they're not as big. They're not mountains to get through. No, I didn't want any of it to be because, look, everyone's stressed. Everyone's had extremely stressful situations happen in their lives and all of us are dealing with just micro sort of stress throughout the day. Yeah. So all of it's got to be manageable and small and I'm not coming from a point of view where I've nailed this. I am often extremely stressed and sometimes I really fly off the handles and I'm a hothead and I don't deal with things well. So I needed to write this book. I nearly bailed halfway through the writing of it because it felt... <laughs> I started feeling really stressed about <laughs> writing this stress stressed. book. And I was but like, you would, wouldn't you? Mm, this can't be right. But that actually allowed me to be much more curious about what my triggers were. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, you have to go go back to childhood to some extent yeah. where how you were modelled coping with stress, how you react to it versus respond to it. And that's quite difficult at times and can be quite humbling because you've got to also look at how much autonomy you have over it like yes there are things that are plain stressful and there's no getting around that but I think all of us have a little bit more agency over how much stress we're letting in and how we're coping with it and none of us want to necessarily look at that because we yeah. just want to it's the creeping stress I mean you know yeah. if, you, if you have these big stressful situations like illness or financial risk of course they're stressful but you're sort of brought up expecting those to be stressful your mum gets to look and you have a big chat to your mum in the book I do because she my mum had polymyalgia which is a very uncomfortable um, so glad you said that have. I was rehearsing that word all last night in case I had to ask you <laughs> my mum used to call it a uh, poly 
Uh, Polly's playing yeah. up. So it's very painful in- inflammatory disorder. And my mum's pretty aware that that was brought on by stress. And my mum had very sort of prolonged stress for a long period of life, probably from childhood, actually. And a lot of it undealt with. And she's now got to a point where she's not on steroids anymore. She's pretty much pain free. Her mobility is really, really good. And she's changed a few things in her lifestyle again, little things like made some tweaks and lowered how lowered her stress, but also looked at how she manages it. And she's in great shape. So it was really interesting talking to her about that because she went through like five, six years of, you know, horrible pain and discomfort. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's funny that you talk about the fact you're stressed and you're a hothead. I've known you for ages now, years and years. It's a real pleasure to know you, by the way. Oh, I'm you. And um, I've never seen you like that. And oh, it's yeah. funny because, no, clearly you are. And I believe, I'm not saying I don't believe you. <laughs> this whole stress book is a load of nonsense. Um, I completely believe you. But what's testament to the work that you put in is that I haven't seen you like that. So mm. you feel like that a lot and you are like that a lot and that's how you get up and you exist. Um, but because you put the work in, it's okay for the rest of us. You're taking the burden of your stress off the rest of us and that's what we should all be doing. Well, look, I hope so. I think, you know, sometimes, yes, there's certainly been moments where like coming here today, I didn't have any anxiety and I feel really calm on air. But there was a period, say three years ago where I was in the thick of panic attacks and the thick of anxiety and I probably came on this show in that state and I managed to look relatively calm to everybody but inside I was freaking out and I was freaking out before I probably hadn't slept and then I would stress and replay everything that I'd said for about four hours afterwards that's the worst worst. (laughs) so I've got to a very good place with that in ways I still wouldn't feel comfortable presenting a live tv show which is so weird I've done that with you without any stress but because of certain situations and periods of panic I still wouldn't want to put myself in that position so that might be in the future I don't want to at the moment but maybe in the future there's more choice around that if I keep doing the work but there are still situations where it could be tiny things like I'm late on the school run like micro stresses where I can feel that stress building and at some point you know I'll snap and it could be at my poor husband or it might just be you know I'm not dealing with things well and I abandon the projects I'm working on it will come out in other ways yeah, so I yeah, think yeah. there are some parts you set of my fire life to it in a way yeah yeah so I think but then I'm also pretty aware that if you know I go for a run or if I you know do a workout or I get it physically out get of into me, the body it'll be better get it into the physical so it can come out of the physical yeah if yeah you, and, and the thing about feeling stress and, and f- having a sense of it building up well that's the beginning of, of the end in a way because the fact you are feeling it as opposed to it just happening and you're not even feeling it, it's like the tremors of an earthquake before the earthquake happens and then the next you know all this the next sort of mile along that road is being aware of it as it's happening so you're no longer feeling it you're aware of the fact you're feeling it yeah and then you're aware of the fact that you could be aware that you might feel this stress going into a certain point and that's when you already just the recognition of that moment in your life and that recurring situation that happens all the time every day don't hope it doesn't happen expect it to happen that's when you can give yourself permission to breathe again and not that you've done anything about it other than begin to recognise it. You've opened the curtains and you can see the view and you know what it looks like. Totally. I think awareness stops it going into chronic stress. I think when we're not aware... 
that's where we normalise it and we're just like, well, this is how I feel all the time every day. Yeah. And then chronic stress, as my mum talks about in the book, can turn physical very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. could be in a small way. Like I was talking to you guys before, I had a sty in my eye over Christmas and I'm pretty sure I pushed myself way too much at the end of the year and I was stressed and I wasn't looking at it. I was pushing through, no rest, must do more. And then I had this huge bug eye for about a month. <laughs> and it will come out. It will come I out physically. I spy with my little sty. <laughs> exactly. My rather huge... A load of stress. <laughs> swollen eye. Um, often we'd... It's very helpful to zoom out. It's very helpful to zoom out and to get ahead of issues as they're, you know they're going to come your way and perhaps they won't come your way, but at least you're ready for them. You've positioned yourself right. They say an idiot in the right position can look like a genius and a genius in the wrong position can look like an idiot. And one way to do this is to zoom out to 10,000 feet, but you zoom out a lot further than that. Oh, yes. I love that. I was like, oh, I might zoom out a little bit more. Keep zooming out until... The How far do you go? Until planet Earth is just in a <laughs> mass of other little bright dots. Yeah. Like, keep going and keep going. I think we forget that we're sat on a floating ball in infinite space, and that one always helps me out. Like, I am just a speck of nothingness on another speck of nothingness in infinite space. Yeah. That helps. Doesn't mean you're nothing. Doesn't mean you're nothing. Because you, you are value. everything and nothing. Completely. That's, That's a wonderful point, paradox to put to us because we are. And if we can get that perspective, I think all the micro stresses of I'm late, I messed up, I shouldn't have said that thing I said, which we all do. I think we assume that we're the only ones. We all make these little mistakes throughout the day and we all get stressed about these yeah. tiny things. They slowly dissipate if we can just zoom out a little bit. But also, bit. if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. We talk about it all the time. Yeah, you and know, we're going to keep making mistakes Get forever. up in the morning, get ready to make a load more mistakes, then go to bed at night and do the same again tomorrow. Correct. You know, um, rinse and repeat. Yes. <laughs> so Bradley Wiggins has been on your podcast, The Happy Place Podcast. I haven't heard that episode. Reading this book makes me want to listen to oh. it and just talking about it now has given me goosebumps. I can't wait to hear that. So Bradley um, retired from being as good at cycling, or his particular flavour of cycling, than anybody's ever been before um, to protect his mental health. So he did yeah. recognise it. He knew what was going on. I've read his book, his own book. He was due to come on our show to talk about it and cancelled at the last minute, which I think was, I don't know, by the way, I don't know, I think was the beginning of his acceptance that he needs to make a major change. Yeah, you know, that's it's really interesting because when he came on the podcast, he was actually about an hour late, which I thought was interesting in itself, that I think he was anticipating what we were going to talk about. And it was so brilliant. I was so grateful of how honest he was because... He wasn't coming from the point of view of, I've done all the work and now I'm really healed. He was in the thick of it. Yeah. And he was so brilliantly vulnerable, which I think is really important in terms of the male context of talking about mental health. Yeah. And he just laid it all out on the table as to where he was at. And it was one of the most powerful podcasts. I was so in the moment, just transfixed. I barely speak in that episode. Right. It was just handing over to Bradley to let him tell his story so that one felt like a when was particular honour wasn't long ago maybe a year less than a year ago a year ago how, how so. is he do you think I don't know I don't know I think he's just doing the work and you know he's got the awareness that yeah. certain things don't work for him which is a huge part of well, it well you know being aware I mean it's, it's more than half the battle it is love the 80s then you'll love Virgin Radio 80s Plus Chris Evans. Love the 80s. Over on Virgin Radio. 80s Plus. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're all fascinated by your fag-free fag breaks. Yep. Tell us about those. Well, I don't smoke and I don't advocate <laughs> it, but I think the joy of the joy for smokers is you get to walk out of your place of work or your home and have five minutes outside. And none of us do that unless we smoke. So when I'm working at home, it could be writing or recording something. I just try and take myself outside without my phone. And that's the other good thing about smoking, which is there's no other good bit, but, you know, you're, you're using a hand to do something. So I've you're not on your phone. I've got a third good bit. I can give you a third good <laughs> okay. bit. No, carry on. I'll, t- I'll, so I'll add to this in a you're minute. Not, you know, you're not on your phone and you're just looking around. I always look at smokers and think, I'm quite jealous that you get to do that. So you just go outside, do five minutes of, like, having some deep breaths and looking about and shivering and thinking, God, why am I having a fag in the cold? But you're not smoking. And that's just a little moments break in what would otherwise be a relentless day of just tasks that you're taking off a list. So a lot of people, when they get itchy and they're smokers and they go nip outside, this building is a testament to that, uh, it's usually every 90 minutes, which is the end of your circadian rhythm. And, ah. and it's when, when you're working away and you're writing or you're... You, it's usually mental work, to be honest. And um, when you're doing some kind of knowledge work or... or, or I don't know, writing stuff down. Um, or reading or, or whatever it may be. Organising... Every 90 minutes, you'll get a lull in your focus, your concentration. And it's because it's the end of your circadian rhythm. And you are useless at that point. And that's when people who don't smoke go and make a cup of tea or go and have a chat or have a shocky bicky. That's when temptation creeps in. Yeah. Because you know you're not at your... You know... You don't know you know, but you know that you're not at your best. You think, this is all pointless at the moment. Um, and that's when people tend to nip out for a fact. That wasn't my third accessorization to what will now be a holy trinity, holy trinity of if if what why if smoking wasn't bad for you and kills you would might be good for you. Yeah. The actual third one is because when you smoke, you automatically take a deep inhale. Yes. Which is what you're taught to do in meditation. So you go, especially on the first drag of a fag. It's these long inhales and exhales. So it is It is vicarious meditation that also, unfortunately, happens to kill you. Yeah, to just so do it without the fag. Just, get, just do it without the fag. The fag yeah. is brilliant. But isn't <laughs> it funny that that was something that, you know, 10, 20 years ago, it was completely accepted and nobody questioned. And I was like, I'm just popping outside for a cigarette break and yep. everybody would allow you to do that. And if you could rebrand that as like, I'm popping outside for a mindful so, a break. Circa- break. A circadian rhythm break. break. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, because if you said to people, I need to take five minutes, people might be they need to take five. Yeah. Oh, oh God. What's going on? Oh, what's yeah, going yeah. On? Oh, is there something going on? Yeah. Whereas if they said, I'm going out for a fag, go, all right, see you yeah, in five. See yeah. Um, Mad. And it still happens here, doesn't it? And the thing about it, it's the distraction issue with the, with the workplace because once you stop a task it's so difficult to start that's why they say if you look at an email one email so if you allow yourself an email look you know every 15 minutes or say every half an hour if you look at one email it apparently takes you half an hour to recover from that one email regardless of what it says because <laughs> yeah. it's because it's interrupted your your yeah. flow and so you might as well look at 20 that's what they say so you 
much you like ba- batching in life you do think about batching batch yeah. cooking batch thinking you know batch everything uh why the heck not we had delicious ella on last week who was brilliant i love ella yeah and she says cook once eat twice oh i love her new book i've already cooked loads yeah, from we it did it she brought all the, made stuff the cookies oh, made the cauliflower the curry at the weekend it's the best ever. dream Best ever. Laughing and smiling. Um, they say that let food be thy medicine. They said that, of course. Uh, but also laughter is an amazing tonic. It is also a real sign of, of good mental health. Yeah, I think if you can turn some... It doesn't have to be like huge adversities, but moments of perhaps like extreme embarrassment into something funny. Or sometimes you Crack can... A smile. Crack yeah, a smile. you can turn things that feel really icky to look at into something quite funny. Yeah. Not all things, because obviously some things are just plain awful, but there are situations I can think back to that I was so embarrassed about. Like I say in the book, there was an episode... I'm cringing saying this. There was an episode of my podcast a few years ago where I called <laughs> one of the guests the slightly wrong name for about half an hour... Then I twigged that I'd got the wrong name. And I don't know how. This is so unlike me because I'm so prepped. I'm so researched. The podcast was on Zoom. I hate Zoom. It was at about 8 o'clock at night. Cognitively, that's not my time for brilliance. nobody's time. I was all over the shop and I, for months, beat myself up about this. And now I can talk about it in a jovial way with levity and laugh. Just Just about. (laughs) Just about. My my fingers clench into my own palms. Oh, so you you sort of blinked nervously then as you said it. Flinching, talking about it. But I think you can... Can do that a little more often and usually it's telling someone else the story and yeah. they laugh and then they share a story and they laugh about one of their mishaps that takes the the heat and the spike out of those situations yeah and the there stress. was there's a guy who was giving this um lecture on oh, i can't remember what it was but it was to the u.s military and it was about like life hacks and this and the other and he he was a very young uh, professor totally qualified but he's literally in front of all these these sort of these these crusty rusty concrete hearted generals um he gets up there to speak to them about life coaching and they just don't want to hear him and so he starts off he, th- he says look i may look about 12 okay and that didn't work because oh. vulnerability is your superpower yeah. brenny brown you know all this kind that of didn't stuff didn't work um didn't work and you thought oh that's not worked and there was just silence and then one of the generals smiled and said well maybe 13 <laughs> and then everybody laughed and he's okay so we're in for vulnerability vulnerability slash humor yeah uh, you've got this going on today Vassis is giving a talk today later are what, you what's your three tenets of your talk uh, we have dedication drive and determination oh yeah. three days yeah any, any tips for him talking sponsors. today oh you know what you're doing just do it Oh, thanks. Yeah, just oh, be right. you. You're, you do it all the time. It could be your third D, just do it. What is just it? Just do on. it. Add it on. Dedication, drive, determination, just do it. Yeah, Come on. perfect. Just yeah, nice. Quickest talk ever. Good slogan, I think man. the only thing that stands in just our way... Just do it, just do it. Good yeah. slogan. The, the only thing that stands away with any of this stuff is the horrible little acerbic voice in our own heads. No one else is thinking all these awful things about us. Nobody cares. Judging us. No one cares. thinking about us at all. No one cares. Um, do you know that great phrase, um, it's none of my business what other people think about me? Yeah. It's the best. The best. It's We've so had to useful. learn that one. It's We've had so to useful. learn it. Yeah. Yeah, we went to boot camp for that one. Didn't we, we sure did. <laughs> we went to Hell Week for we that one. We went to Hell. It was, it's still awful. Tell us about your anti-stress food cupboard. I love your anti-stress food. Yeah, there are, there are a few foods that obviously do things that can help us in many ways. I mean, I am plant-based. So there's lots of goodness there. Ella would have talked about this last week, eating lots of you know protein-rich foods like chickpeas and pulses and all that old-fashioned, boring but lovely stuff. Um, so I think you know. Reducing sugar and caffeine, all the obvious things are always going to help with stress. And just being mindful of some people when they're very stressed will not eat at all. And that, you know, might lead to a huge sort of blood sugar crash or 
my tendency is to eat a lot of sugary snacks. So if I'm feeling stressed, mm. I'm comfort eating. I'm grabbing biscuits and I'm needing sugary things. And again, goes back to awareness of just going, this probably isn't going to work for me. I'm going to feel even worse after I've done this. So yeah. again, it always just goes back to that awareness of why you're doing it. Yeah. So if you can do things that are good for you, but are hard and you can build in reward systems into the moment you've got to build into things that are bad for you habits that have bad habit energy you've got to build in barbed wire yeah in the moment haven't you yeah so judd brewer who i interview he taught he's a habit expert so he talks about the feeling like the crest of a wave where you like he deals with a lot of people that do smoke and they have that feeling of i can't i can't cope unless i have a cigarette right this second that feeling will dissipate. It does for anything if you've got an urge to look at your phone, to have another glass of wine, to online shop when you don't need to. More food. We have that feeling, we have that feeling, and then that crest just slightly dissipates and dips again. But we don't give it the chance. We are impulsive in that moment. So he does a whole brilliant section on habits. And when we're stressed, we absolutely go for our bad habit. That's the first thing that all of us do, because it's easy. And when we're, you know, when we haven't really got to grips with even uh, admitting to ourselves that we have a bad habit the net the bad the next bad habit energy is on a straight road a sort of autobahn a, a speed limitless autobahn that we're already on then when you get a sense of it there's a little kink in that road but it's there's still no turning then there's a sharper bend as you as, as the habit energy changes and it gets worse for you so you're cruising you think life's under control and then then there's a sort of sharper bend in the road but there's still no alternative to being on that road and then you come to a t-junction and you can pause but you still turn the wrong way then you come to a t-junction and you stop and you don't turn at all and then you turn left instead of right and if you can turn left instead of right that gets you off the crest of the wave yeah so he talks about don't set long-term goals like i'm never going to do that thing again yeah because none of us stick to that we just think well what's the point what is the actual goal here whereas if we just work daily and in the moment of riding that wave you then notice oh i haven't smoked or online shopped or and gambled or whatever for better. a week and I feel better and yeah. it's that and it's noticing the reward system in that it's, it's genius crazy. oh it's not me it was Judd honestly I'm no, just copying no, but what you're the said. conduit and he won't mind you saying that he won't mind me saying that you're the conduit you know the, the, for, for the to get salt in your fish and chips it's got to be in the cellar well I need to learn this stuff you know I'm, I'm seeking it cellars in the cellar um <laughs> Oh, we're almost out of time. I love, I love the open and close theory, which I'd forgotten about. Because yes. f- the reason all these things are called practices is because if you forget to do them for a second, you can then forget to do them for a year. Yeah, isn't it mad? Yeah. If, if you can meditate every day, if you meditate like or, or whatever you do, I know I say meditate too often, but even I meditate at six o'clock every day and at six a.m. and four four p.m. every day. The reason you you, you set it and forget it is because if you don't and you forget it once because you haven't set it, you can literally go for a year without yeah. remembering. Because that's how sort of that's that's in a way if you can enhance that, harness that. That's that's our superpower. Yeah. But it can also be detrimental to our well-being if we forget that we are that haphazard in what we think is the most organised of lives. All of us are. We're all the same. We all lean on bad habits. We all can't be bothered at times. We've all got to put. We can't be bothered when we can him. be bothered. I know. That's the worst one. <laughs> You know, I'm trying to be really bothered. Oh, but I forgot for a second. And then you look like somebody who really can't be bothered 
ever. Yeah, we're all on... It's a thin Ooh. veneer. Anyway, the it? open and close thing. So I forgot about the open and... I used to live by the open and close thing and I yes. forgot about it until I read your book. Yeah. So if things are going well in the conversation, at the gym, you know, at the sweet shop, on the bus, in bed, asleep, having about any second of any day of any month or year of your life then your 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 heart and you are open and then the second you feel at all antagonistic or anxious about anything or uncomfortable it immediately closes and there's no in between nope we're totally open now you yeah. and i we're open now today sometimes we're not during links sometimes we go close close up and then we've got to one of us got to open again or you know but just explain the open and close theory from your point of view and how people can deploy it now well, often when we're stressed, it's because we are extremely closed and, we'll, and we're all bespoke in that way. So for me, to feel really open, it might involve being out in nature, like a very obvious one, but, you know, seeing a very beautiful scene in nature, seeing a sunrise, or it could be I've got a new little kitten, so playing with little Frank. Have you actually? Yeah. Oh, good for you. So in love with him. He's a rescue kitten. I feel extremely open when I'm playing with little Frank and I'm in the moment. Frank and we've got another cat called Simon um, but that is a good example of me feeling very open or when I'm writing I'm really open and I feel really al- it's a sense of feeling very alive and very in tune and then we all know the moments where we feel very very closed so for me it's probably you know scrolling on social media too long or someone being rude out of the blue that I wasn't expecting or seeing injustice somewhere I close up and I it's a physical tension it's a mental tension and it's stress at the end of the day so I sort of give a little page there where you can write down just notice in your day things that made you feel very open and alive and connected and things that make you feel very closed and small and tense and I think again going back to awareness noticing those things gives us a bit more autonomy over oh I'll probably do that more like today after this I hope to squeeze in going for a nice walk in the park before I crack on with the rest of my day and having that openness and those little moments they really count I think they add up well, as I say, there is the world-famous Atomic Habits by James Clear, and then there's B.J. Fogg's Tiny Habits, which, to be honest, Atomic Habits was sort of born out of. Because do you know that James Clear used to be a student of B.J. Fogg's? No, yeah, didn't know that. And then there's Fern's Little Things, which I think is a lovely bedfellow to those two books. It's beautiful, a positive toolkit for when life feels stressful. They're going to have to get a bigger shelf at Foils for Fern's books. <laughs> Fern's section, if you'll forgive the phrase. I've got fiction coming out in June, what? so that'll be a whole other area that I'm going to be in. Fiction? I'm so excited. I've been working on it for about two and a half years. No, when you were stressed, fiction is really hard to write. Oh, I've, it's been pure... That's been open, open, open. What so is it? Much what is it? Is it a thriller? Is it? No, nope, it's like a strange fancy tale with sort of an underlying moral story going on. It's called Scripted. I am a buzzed about what, it. Is it young adult? Is it grown-ups? Grown-up. Yeah. Grown-up book. Um, oh, I love books. Because Absolutely. even Fern Cotton's a grown-up nowadays, everybody. Actual, in the thick of my 40s, everyone. By the way, no, no afraid to work with the loads. Um, still, always taller than I think she is. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, always. You walk in. Yeah, I know you've got your heels on it, but you walk in and go, I always forget how tall she is. Even at the festivals <laughs> we do and all this kind of stuff. Why? Why? Why do I always think that? But you, oh, everyone's always small in real life, aren't they? Like pop stars, you go, oh my God, they're tiny. Some are, some. Yeah, yeah. yeah. James Blunt is. Um, <laughs> who I love to death. And he's doing gig in the garden for us this year. So, um, well done. Uh, congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank from you. the almost taller than you think, Fern Cotton. <laughs> Have you seen Saltburn? Uh, no, but me and my husband are desperate. Do you know what? <laughs> because my kids are going to bed so late these days, by the time they're in bed... I'm too tired. Exactly. I go to bed straight after they, them. No, they put, well, honestly, I'm not being cute. My kids put me in bed all the time, even now on Fridays and Saturdays, and I love it. Yeah. They can't co- quite cope with it. In fact, 
We were watching Memento last week. Tash and I have a movie club now. We watch half the movie on a Friday and half it on a Saturday. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. <laughs> no point in clinging on. No. There's lost energy in clinging on, everyone. <laughs> and um, and we were watching Memento, which was so good, we stayed with it till 10.40pm on That's Saturday so night. Late. And Noah had to go to bed before us and he thought that wasn't right all of a sudden. <laughs> anyway, Saltburn, you will not be disappointed. I can't wait. He won't watch it. Why? It's not for me. Really? Why, why not? Seems all a bit sort of twisted and dark. Yeah, that's why I like it. Mm. I can't wait. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, we love it. I'm going to watch it again at the weekend, I think. Do it. Uh, Fern, thanks. Thank you. I love coming on this show. We love having you on what the show. What joy. It's always a yes. What's uh, that? This is, a, this is a, for my throat. It's a bong. Oh, wow. No, it's a bong. <laughs> it's Dr. Nelson's inhaler, but every... Oh, is right. that a bong? <laughs> you... you... <laughs> You do drugs on the show. I hope not. No, I'm just in steam, steam water. That's it. That's just a really beautiful looking one, though. It's, it's really sort of all sizes. And... Uh, not not all shapes. They're all this shape. Mm. And he's been going since. Oh, I think you're tipping water all over your desk. Oh God, I am. Oh no, I am. I am. I am. Oh no, I feel responsible. I'm for literally that. pouring cold water on the show. Actually, it's warm. Because the show gonna, couldn't be any hotter. Is it going to blow up that day? Probably. Um, improving the directions for you. Stop tipping it. What? Stop tipping it. I did it again. Yes. Did it again. Can someone bring a tea towel? No, oh, it's in? all going so well. All right, I'm gonna, look, we, hang on a minute. Meant, it was meant to happen. It happened. This is Tilly, by the way. Tilly Fern, Fern Tilly. We've already met. Hello yeah. again, darling. Uh, Hazel says, hooray for the non-fag fag break. I used to light a cigarette and walk around with it in my hand, uh, pontificating, gesticulating. When I worked in a pub in the 90s, uh, it gave me a break with no one bugging me. I never took a single drag as I've never... Sh- Love that. Michael says, hi, Chris. It's so great to listen to Fern this morning. Oh, what about the rest of the show? Mm. <laughs> we did three hours before, before she pitched up I'm to so steal... Sorry. <laughs> anyway, Mark says, uh, there is a very big difference between anxiety and stress, and it's fantastic to hear it being explained by someone else. I too, I'm in the process of writing a book about my experiences and find it so therapeutic. Love the show and the energy it sends out. Calm says, first time WhatsApp Here we go. <laughs> Love listening to Fern. I listen to every Happy Place podcast that she's ever done, and she's oh. helped me immensely while going through a very difficult time. Have a great day, everyone. Oh, that's made they my love day. You. That's made my day. They, do you know why text? they love you? Because you're very easy to love, Fern Cotton. Because you're good for this world. Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. This is going to be something I'll remember. And that's a really lovely thing. I don't think I was able to do that in the past. And James Bay. Come on, lady. Don't you agree that everybody needs someone when they feel alone? Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash UK. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.